Popovich. Played very well tonight. Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. Michael Jordan. Michael double teamed on the drive in for the left. Gets chased in the corner. Comes right back. Yeah. 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 Basketball is hood. Yeah. Welcome to Under the Hood Basketball. Reggie Miller, your fault. MJ55, your fault. 61, your fault. With Jonathan Hood. Indeed, basketball is hood. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. DraftKings, you know, while the holiday season may be over, the sports calendar is in full swing this week. From collegiate to professional sports, there is no shortage of action, and there's no better place to get all the action than with DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Now, think about it. You get the NFL playoffs taking place, and of course, NBA and college basketball, check out the odds boost and everything else that DraftKings has to offer for the DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook app. Download the top-rated DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook app. Now, use the promo code WMVP when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds in any football game this weekend. That's code WMVP for new players to get a shot at $100 on any football action this weekend for a limited time only with DraftKings. At Casino Queen Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Illinois only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you know someone that's got a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm excited because as a college college football fan, but also a college basketball fan, as an NBA fan, I am looking forward to this weekend because I will be calling, doing play-by-play for the UIC Flames. University of Illinois Chicago Flames will be taking on Robert Morris, the Colonials. I'll be on at 7 o'clock on Friday the 15th on ESPN3 and then 5 o'clock on Saturday the 16th. So I'll be busy this weekend with that two-game series between UIC against Robert Morris. And um, that is a battle of two Horizon League teams. So if you're on ESPN3 or ESPN+, Plus, check out UIC Flames Basketball as I do the games with Chris Bleck from our staff here at ESPN 1000, UIC against Robert Morris. All right, speaking of college basketball, if you're a college basketball fan, our guy Tyler Aki will join us. He's got a great podcast talking about college basketball all the time. You're going to enjoy our conversation. Let's get ready for this weekend for college basketball. I talked to Tyler Aki momentarily right here on the podcast. As I told you, Tyler Aki joins us now from the Made for March podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, look for Made for March, and you can follow along on Twitter at Made the Number Four March. Tyler from our station here at ESPN 1000 joins us here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Tyler, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely, Jay Hood. Anytime I get an opportunity to to, to chat college basketball, you know I'm jumping on it. So. Very excited to join you here today. Yeah, uh, so I look forward to your thorough breakdown of UIC versus Robert Morris uh, that I've got this weekend. <laughs> so uh, nothing says uh, Horizon League basketball like a team from Moon Township, Pennsylvania, uh, but they're now part of the they're now part of the Horizon League. So I'm looking forward to that this weekend. 
Well, Robert Morris, what? They always get a, a spot appearance in the tourney as like a 15 seed every once in a while, right? So this might be a good little uh, tournament prepper for you. That's right. It, it, it really is. It's you amazing. Might get a, a first four preview. It's amazing the job that they've done, right? The little Northeast Conference always, always knocking on the door, always find shooters, you know, in suburban Pittsburgh. So they're going to be coming into town. I look forward to that. I, I want to get your thoughts about the Big Ten, first and foremost with Michigan. Uh, you know, Juwan Howard clearly could have had his opportunity in the NBA, had the was with Miami Heat, learning under the tree of Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra. He gets the Michigan job, and Michigan has just been phenomenal to watch. Michigan and Minnesota coming up. Uh, how do you look at the Wolverines staying power in the Big Ten? You know, I love, 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 love this Michigan team. And I really have since the beginning of the year because here was the big thing that I had with Michigan standing out to me. This was going to be the first real cycle for Jawan Howard to get his guys in, and he went out and he got a stud in Hunter Dickinson. Very rarely do you get to talk about a freshman who is in the player of the year conversation in a sport that values upperclassmen. But he has been everything and more as advertised. But here was the, the really important thing. So Michigan brought in a top 15 recruiting class in terms of just freshmen. But the transfers that they went out and got and took advantage of this one-time transfer where pretty much everyone was getting these waivers passed to be eligible right away, that's what really struck me. They got Shondi Brown, who came from Wake Forest, and was a significant player in the ACC. And then they also got Mike Smith from Columbia, who, okay, you may hear the name Columbia, Ivy League, that, that doesn't make it pop, but he averaged over 20 points per game. And we have seen guys in the past, like Makai Mason, when he came from Yale, went to Baylor, helped them win a game in the tournament. We've seen some of these Ivy League guys take that step up in their grad year and really make an impact on the game. So I really like what he brought in, and not to mention the fact that he brought back some very key pieces like Eli Brooks, uh, Mo Wagner's brother Franz, Isaiah Livers, all these guys. So they had a lot of experience coming back and then brought in a fantastic class. So and it'll be Michigan against Minnesota on Saturday. Should be interesting to see that matchup uh, between the two. Uh, and I want to also talk about Iowa with you. Iowa against Northwestern, that game is slated to be on Sunday. Well, Luca Garza, um, what stands out most about Iowa to you? To me, it's the fact that they have, they have a team that plays like an NBA team, mm -hmm. but they do not have a single guy who is probably going to play significant NBA minutes. That always has kind of been very, very intriguing to me with Iowa. I mean, people say, okay, Luca Garza will probably play in the NBA, and yeah, but what's his staying power? He's a 6'11 guy. He doesn't move very well, but he can score the basketball for you, and he can be a dominant player at the college level. So I'm looking at this Iowa team, and obviously I had high expectations for their, their offense this season, but they have surpassed all those expectations that I have put on them for their offensive production. The real thing that's been worrisome for me is that their defense is just not good. It, it has been a real struggle for them to, to hold some teams. Now, they have had a couple of spot-up games where they have played well defensively. But to me, if they want to make a Final Four run, they're going to have to show that they can play defense night in and night out. And that's something that I'm not too confident because – you're going to be playing against a lot of very good defensive teams in the Big Ten. I think like 11 of the 14 teams in the Big Ten are top 50 in defensive efficiency. And if you aren't bringing it on your end, 
defensively in the Big Ten in this conference, you're going to have nights where you struggle, and you're going to have games where you lose when you should be winning and taking care of business pretty handily. Follow Tyler on Twitter at Made for March for the Made for March podcast. Tyler Aki joining us here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Illinois will take on Ohio State. Illinois with a little bit of trip up against Maryland here, and I, I think it's still a very solid club. But how do you see this matchup? Because I think this is going to be entertaining. I love this Illinois team, and that Maryland game, you're right, a a bit of a a blip on the radar there, but that game is one bounce away from going Illinois' way. If they secure a rebound, if they get a free throw to fall here from a pretty sure-handed shooter, then they probably end up winning the game. Here's the thing that I see with Illinois, is that they've got Kofi Coburn, who's a guy that you and I watch a lot, and I really like this kid. He is unbelievable. He is imposing in the paint. But at some points, he just kind of goes silent. He's not calling for the ball. I mean, can you imagine, Jay Hood, if Kofi, or if back when the Lakers had Shaq, if there were points in games where Shaq did not touch the ball for five to seven minutes? No. Because sometimes that's what we see with, with Kofi. He has a Shaq level sort of demeanor. He can bully guys down low, he can dunk on people with ease. And he just doesn't touch the ball sometimes, and he's not aggressive enough. I almost want to see a more selfish Kofi Coburn because that is what's going to make Illinois an even better team. Now, this is an example, Tyler, of when teams can be overcoached, right? And and out of all the all of, of all the sports, college basketball could be very overcoached. There could be uh, Coach K, which I've heard very often about uh, Coach Shevsky at Duke, where he'll give you the freedom offensively, but you better lock it down defensively. If not, he's calling plays. Coaches have told me in the past that you know at bars at the uh, Final Four, hey, look, if I gotta get up and call plays, we got a problem. Right. Uh, so, 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 and so, well, as and long I, as you slap the floor on the other end, you're good. Exactly. Like it, all, all they, all they care about is the floor slap, getting it done on the defensive end, get out in transition, and do whatever you do best. Because I can't coach athleticism, uh, and I shouldn't have to coach every intricate detail of the offense. I brought you in here because you're supposed to know how to be able to score the ball. Here's our system. Go for it, right? But this is where sometimes there's some programs that can be really, really overcoached. You're right. Why can't Kofi just be that monster, that Garza-like monster from the foul line down to be able to dunk the basketball, easy shots, get to the foul line, that kind of thing? Uh, in the last game, uh, Kofi went to the foul line six times. Well, there's a lot of problems with that game, and one of them is that you know, you're at home and you're Illinois. You got to get to the foul line more than 12 times, uh, where Maryland went there 17 times. It's just that there's certain things where it's like you can't just coach every little detail. Sometimes you got to let it let it ride. I mean, Corbello off the bench is a nice igniter for the team. Uh, Io is a really good player for them. But then you get nothing else from Williams and Frazier in that game against Maryland. So there's some times where it's just like, guys, just go out there and do it because I know you can. And that's the big thing for me, because when I look at this Illinois team, they they rate out pretty good defensively, but if you watch them, they have their points where they can really, really struggle against some, some poor offensive teams, too. And when I look at Illinois, is you've got a solid one-two, probably as good as they come in all of college basketball in Iowa and Kofi. But that third guy, who's going to be that third guy for you night in and night out? Is it going to be Adam Miller? Is Trent Frazier going to pull his weight as a senior? Demonte Williams, he's a prolific three-point shooter, but I'd like to see him take a few more of those shots. 
can they find a significant third piece on this team? And I think that's the difference between this team getting to maybe the Elite Eight and them getting to the Final Four or National Championship. Think about that Villanova team from 2018, okay? When they had all those pieces, but who was it that let that team go? Who was it that let that team and bailed that team out so many times? It was that fourth or fifth guy in Dante DiVincenzo. There were games where Villanova was awful for 20, 30 minutes, but DiVincenzo would hit a couple big shots here or there, and it would bail them out, and then you eventually let the star power of Bridges and Brunson take over the rest of that game, and then Villanova wins handily. But who is going to be their DiVincenzo? And I think that is going to be a storyline to watch with Illinois the rest of the year. So so are you leaning Ohio State, or are you leaning uh, Illinois in that matchup? I'm going to lean with Illinois in this matchup because Ohio State's dealing with some injuries right now. Their, their point guard situation is a mess at the moment right now because – they lost C.J. Walker for the foreseeable future with a hand injury. And then they've had a rotating cast like Jimmy Soto's one of their backup point guards. He's dealing with some injuries, too. And then you just got some inexperienced guys who maybe have played a, a handful of games, but they haven't played significant minutes. And now you're going to go up against a super veteran guy in Io DeSumo. And, and how are you going to handle that battle? So I think they're just filling in too many holes right now uh, to overtake the Illinois on the road. Tyler, one of the top teams in all of college uh, basketball is Baylor. Um, the the game that we really wanted to see was them against Gonzaga earlier in the season. That's what we wanted to see because that was a measuring stick game, but we never got that so because of postponement. But wh- how likely is it that Baylor can stay up top uh, as far as the rankings are concerned? I really like this Baylor team, and one of the reasons why is they can beat you at whatever style of play you want to play them. You, you want to speed things up, they can run with you. If you want to slow things down and, and – have these long, drawn-out defensive possessions, they can hang with you there, too. You want to, to go and play in a shootout? Go ahead. You want to play in a defensive game? Go ahead. They can play any sort of basketball, and that's why I think they are a great matchup against any team in the country, even against a power like a Gonzaga. Now, I love Gonzaga. I, I still think there is a sizable gap between Baylor and Gonzaga, but I think Baylor is one of those teams that can at least hang with the Zags because they have this potency to play any sort of style. And we saw that play out in the, their win against Illinois earlier in the year, where they kind of played Illinois' game for 30 minutes. They played a, a bit of a tempo offensive game with Illinois, and then all of a sudden they turned the Jets on and said, all right, now we're going to play our style of basketball, and let's see if you guys can keep up. And then they ended up beating Illinois by, by double digits. So Thursday night I watched the number one team in the country, Gonzaga, as you mentioned, uh, beat oh, Pepperdine. Oh, they aren't they? Interesting, interesting first half. And if you're on DraftKings and you saw that, you thought, well, there's not going to be an upset here, but it's closer than I thought in the first half. Gonzaga went into the locker room with a 43-39 advantage. And then you start to see the real Gonzaga in the second half. Tyler, let me tell you something, man. Now, I've seen a lot of talented Gonzaga teams. Few's done a great job. But I just don't see how this team can't be right there in the mix again for the Final Four. They are really fun, especially in the open court. Listen, I know this is a a single elimination tournament, but it would be really disappointing to not see this team in the final weekend for the Final Four in Indianapolis because they've got it all. I mean, very rarely do you see a team with three guys who are in the National Player of the Year contention and then they got a fourth guy who can go out and get you a triple double if they if he wants to. You got another guy off the bench and Andrew Nemhard who 
was a star at Florida, comes to take almost a lesser role, it seems like, with Gonzaga, but he's a steady force for this team. It's just, I always say, this team is absolutely ridiculous with how they can overpower you offensively. I mean, the amount of times that they have gone over 100 in a college basketball season is unheard of right now. I mean, they put 102 on Kansas to open up the season, and Kansas is a team that maybe they're not the best defensive team, but in terms of defensive skill that they have within their players and on the roster, Kansas can go toe-to-toe with anyone, and you dropped 100 on them in the openers. So this team is really special offensively. Defensively, they're solid. I think there is still some room for improvement, and I don't know if we're going to necessarily see that play out when you play the the schedule that they do. But, hey, they proved it early on. They, they were blowing out some of these really good teams like Kansas, like Iowa, like Virginia. Um, West Virginia gave them a little bit of a run, but once they got their entire group healthy, they ended up taking care of business against the, the Mountaineers and still almost covering in a game when they were down double digits. And I look at this Gonzaga team and, I don't know who can stop them. I really don't because they can play a really fast-paced style and they can put up points in a hurry. If you can't keep up, then it's over. Now, here's what's crazy. No one's ever said about a Mark Few coach team, I don't know who could stop them. That's for sure. Now, in the WCC, yes. But that is bold because, Tyler, we've seen very talented teams. You say, ah, you know, they could be a problem for some teams matchup-wise, blah, blah, blah. But this is one of the first times where I look at Gonzaga, and I'm not trying to be a prisoner of the moment. I'm just saying that in this NCAA, the way I'm looking at this season, if they don't get it done now, Gonzaga, I don't know when they will. That's all I'm saying. Right. This is the best Gonzaga team I've seen. I mean, you can throw in the, the Adam Morrison years, the Kelly Olenek years, all that stuff. This is the best team. Look at the non-conference schedule that they played. Kansas, Auburn, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, all neutral floors and pretty much all blowouts. And that, to me, is absolutely astounding for, for us to see this out of a Gonzaga team. But I think you're right. I mean... They are starting to get better recruits, too, like Jalen Suggs. Their, their talented freshman is the best recruit that they've had in their program's history, and he's a guy who almost certainly will go top five in the NBA draft, even in the conversation for the first overall pick. So it, it is going to be disappointing if this team doesn't get to the national championship. And, and you're right. It's tough not to be a prisoner of the moment right now, but they are that good, and they are that fun to watch. I mean, I watch these games with Gonzaga – and there are like three or four times where I just burst out laughing because of how easy they make this game look. I mean, it's unbelievable what this offense can do. It really is a treat to watch. So I'm giving you Gonzaga or the field. You're taking Gonzaga. Yes, I, I'm taking Gonzaga. And again, I hate to do that when you're giving me 67 other options, but they are really that far ahead of the pack. I really sincerely believe that right now. By the way, the color analyst on the radio side for for the Zags is... Adam Morrison. And yes, it's what you think it would sound like with Adam Morrison doing color. <laughs> Love it. Is it, uh, it hasn't quite gotten to the Walton levels, but it's knocking on the doorstep. Yes, it's exactly what you think it would sound like. For real, for real. Um, what, is, um, what is a game that you saw this week that you were like, wow, that was interesting? What You just randomly go, like going through the, the channels or reading. Is there a game that you said, oh, that's an interesting game? Yeah, I was actually very surprised with the Texas Tech because yes. they were a team that I wasn't super high on. And 
they have they've strung together a couple quality wins, but beating Texas on their home floor. Mm-hmm. Texas is a team that likewise is super fun. They remind me of a lot of the the UNC teams that we've seen in the past with just dominant, dominant big men. And I look at this Texas Tech team, I'm not giving them much of a shot. They're they're down ten at the half and all of a sudden they're in it at the end of the game and Mac McClung, the, the Georgetown transfer, goes out and hits a big, big shot. Awful possession, awful final possession. Every high school and college basketball coach would be pulling their hair out during <laughs> said possession, but he stands around for like 15, 20 seconds dribbling the ball and then takes a toe on the line too. Um, and, and hey, it went in. They won the the, the ball game, but I, I was very intrigued by that because Texas Tech is a team, of course, Chris Beard, we know the success that he's had. Uh, these last couple of seasons, and and they've got some some very solid pieces, and they're also dealing with a little bit of adversity here too. When they lost Namari Burnett, one of their their talented freshmen, and, and he just decides, oh, I'm not getting enough minutes. I'm going to get up and transfer. So now he's on the open market, and you're trying to, albeit he didn't play a huge role for them, but that's some talent that you expected to have on your roster this season. That now you're going to be functioning through a very top heavy Big Twelve without. So. I was actually very, very impressed by what I saw out of Texas Tech, and I think that they're a team that might be able to make a little bit of noise because that top of the Big 12 is very, very strong. In fact, I would almost say that the top of the Big 12, if you had to do like a round robin, like a a Big 12, Big 10 challenge, and you only pick the top four or five teams from each side, I think the Big 12 might actually win that. I would agree with that. Uh, it's so funny that you picked that game. So I, I'll be honest, I did not watch that game from start to finish. It got an alert on my phone. You know, you get this from time to time, like, hey, close game alert. You might want to watch this, right? I just and I yeah. just I just turned it on and I'm I'm looking at McClung and the first thing I thought was that's a guy. If you when he gets in March, he's gonna be a problem. He'll be that guy yep. that's gonna be spotlighted, right? Because he's got he makes that big shot. I mean, a really big shot. And and he, you know what? Give Texas Tech credit. Game's on the line, right? You're on the road. No timeout. Just play through because if you miss a shot, it's, it goes in the overtime anyway. McClung makes that big shot. I'm like, look at the balls in this kid. And he's one of these demonstrative guys. Not necessarily like Grayson Allen. Not like that, but just one of these guys is like, look at me. And I said, look at this guy. I said, in March, he's going to be – he'll get all the TV time uh, when Texas Tech gets to the, gets to the uh, NCAA tournament. Well, he's the he's the YouTube star of the team. I mean, yeah. if you've seen his mixtapes, the dunks that he did in high school are not dunks that that a six two guy should be able to do. I mean, he is doing some crazy stuff in his layup lines and all that. Um, and he is the star. He he is one of the guys who is kind of the I like to call the when, when you've got these college athletes and these high school big time recruits, you've got your blue check guys, right? There's yeah. a couple guys who are verified on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff when they're in high school and college. He's their blue check guy, and he's going to have all the attention and spotlight on him when he plays in these big games and, like you said, in the tournament. They're going to get to the tournament. Texas Tech is more than, than good enough to get into the, the NCAA tournament. So he's going to have the spotlight. It's going to be interesting what he does with it because you're not playing for Georgetown anymore where the spotlight was your head coach and Patrick Ewing and the dominant that he had back in his heyday. No, the spotlight's on you now, and it's going to be interesting to see what he does as the leader of this team. So um, college basketball and COVID-19, as you well know, all the sports are going through it. How would you characterize the job that college basketball has done? We've already had some postponements here. I was looking forward to Iowa and Michigan State 
Uh, also, Oregon and, and Arizona State. There was a couple of games I was interested in just to see what Oregon would do. Iowa, Michigan State, because it's Izzo. So, how would you characterize how college basketball has been able to handle this so far? You know, I largely think they've done a pretty good job of it so far. They've definitely been cautious, and you can see that with the quarantine periods and the, just the long pauses. I mean, Villanova hasn't played a game since before Christmas. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, there I, are some I teams know. on some long pauses right now. So, so I want um, you. So I want. So Tyler. Twice. So Tyler, I want your ratings then, because because Villanova has not played in a while, so they can't be in my top five. Sorry, you can't. You haven't yeah. played in a while. No, I'm with you. I mean, we're kind of giving them the Ohio State treatment right now for, from the college football side of things. And I'm with you. I don't think I can put Villanova in my top five. And I think they're a team that could struggle coming back from – because this is a long pause. We're talking about a team that hasn't played a game in almost a month. And we're, when you're talking about an offensive-laden team, a team that's top 50 in the country in shooting the three ball, that stuff doesn't always work out well off a long pause, off of a month-long pause. So – no, I'm with you. I don't think Villanova to me right now. You've got some impressive wins, like you went out and you beat Texas on the road. But right now, you're you're an N dash A. You're a, not applicable right now because I don't know what you're going to be like in Big East play. Because quite frankly, we've only seen you play a handful of Big East games while the rest of your conference has kind of been chugging along. So I, I like Villanova. I think they're a good team. We just don't know much about them right now because they've only played a handful of games in their conference. Well, I like the uh, the Dave Lato plan at DePaul. You can't fire me if I don't play. Ha, ha, ha. So I like, and I love Dave. Dave knows I'm kidding. But I just, it's it's just, it's kind of like DePaul. They can't get on the floor, right? Like, you know, you, you can't get get rid of me if I can't, if we don't get on the floor. So that's true. You can't evaluate something you can't see, right? No, exactly. Right. I mean, it's it's the perfect little setup. You're, you're. I mean, it's kind of like what what Northwestern has with with football on the football side of things, where you're, you're never going to be in the spotlight. You got the Bulls in town, and, yeah. and even with uh, with DePaul, you still got some some major Big Ten programs surrounding you on, on your, your street corner. So, no, I, I think DePaul they've got something building there, and it's just going to be a, a longer process. And they had a couple guys transfer away, which I think is going to hurt them in the short term. But if if you start to see some of these Chicago kids picking DePaul, and we even see it to a degree, albeit a, a long winding path with a guy like Charlie Moore, where he goes to Cal, then he goes to Kansas, and now he's going to come back and play his final season with DePaul, I think that could be something, and especially with the transfer market about to be super potent these next couple of years, that could be DePaul's in. Get the Illinois kids, like a Namari Burnett. I bring him up from Texas Tech. Get that kid. He's a Chicago guy. He's entering the transfer market. You're still in a, a, a power conference in the Big East. That's your guy right there. Go out and get these Chicago kids that maybe are on the transfer market because you're not always going to win that initial recruiting battle. By the way, shout out to Chicago State that's going to be leaving the uh, the WAC uh, in 2022. This is a are they going to be leaving D1 yet? Like, well, that's all, yes. That, that's that's you know what that's the advice of Tyler and Jonathan. If you're listening, to Chicago State, go down to D2. Straighten out your program, straight straighten out your situation, and then get your way back up to D one. This has been a joke for a while here, right? Yeah. And if people I don't mean, know, you have. I think they're the yeah. They're the only team that I have seen so far, aside from the Ivy League schools that never started. They started their season. And they said, "Nah, we've had enough." And, and like, I get it. It's a pandemic, but they're the only team that has started their season, I believe, and has called it quits. 
Yes, on on the men's side. On the men's side, correct. Yeah, because the women like Duke things started a couple of, but if yeah, you, Virginia, I saw yeah. canceled the other day. Yeah, you you if you're Chicago State and people, not enough people know this, Tyler. They have the newest and the best gym in the city in Chicago, but again, you can't get people in there. You're not getting the kind of recruits that you want. You take a look at the roster for Chicago State before they close the doors on the program for this year. Just like a lot of them are like from the West Coast. I'm like, what? What pipeline is this? It's like the California kids. I'm like, okay, you you know you you should have been in the whack. You're taking on Grand Canyon. You're you're traveling way away from where you need to be. Go down to D two, straighten out your program, and then get back up there because that's that's embarrassing up there. You're just stacking checks and just getting beat down by everybody, and you're not growing the program that way. So that's that's our tip to Chicago State. And you know, I really thought maybe it wouldn't be a quick turnaround, but there would be signs of progress with them when they hired Lance Urban because okay. Maybe you're not getting the top or like three, four, five, six Mac Urban Fire guys, but go get that guy in your in your AAU program that is maybe on the border of D1, D2, but he's got some dog in him. And he can be one of those guys who develops into a quality player over four years. Maybe he's not an NBA guy, but he's a guy who's going to make a lot of money overseas. Those are the guys that they should be able to get in the Chicago area. I mean, you've got all these guys in your backyard, and you're not taking advantage of it. So don't forget the Made for March podcast. And next time Tyler will be on, he will break down why Luke Yakulich, the coach for UIC, and his staff are the only ones still wearing suits. Um, it, 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 them and, and uh, Coach Cal too. Coach Cal's <laughs> given up to the point where he's wearing a suit now. <laughs> so what? <laughs> I think that the, our, the staff at UIC just wants to be different, and I, I totally understand it. <laughs> Everyone else has got sweats. Some don't even come in the actual uniform, uh, but there's uh, are the UIC staff uh, still with suits, uh, suits and ties, by the way, full suits and ties. So, um, I, so I mean, that's the, the shock yeah. system right there. Before you know it, Hood, they're going to have four quality bigs that are going to be one and dones. <laughs> well, that'll be good to call. I'll be glad to sit there and call that. Yeah. That's for sure. Tell me what's uh, on the the latest podcast. What are you What are you guys talking about? Yeah, so every every Friday or Thursday when we release our episode, we give you some picks. We go through all the top twenty five games at, at, for the weekend. Then we also tell you which top twenty five team is going up against a ranked team that is going to lose over the weekend. And we've actually had some solid success picking those. And then we're also we always recap the the biggest games of the week. Uh, this week, obviously, that Texas Texas Tech game is going to be on the docket. So we get you ready for the weekend, and then Mondays we recap everything that we saw over the weekend and get you for the week ahead. Tyler, as always, man, I appreciate it. Hope you could come back on the show again so we could talk because there's still plenty to talk about in this college basketball season. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Hood, for having me. It is a Made for March podcast, wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget to follow along on Twitter at Made, the number four, March, Made for March uh, on Twitter. We thank you so much for being part of our basketball podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. We'll talk to you next time with another edition of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook.